0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 30 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Cashel Products, and Bait Saddles. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program.
2: On today's show, we are talking fashion. Do you even fashion, Jamie? Oh,
1: God. Seen no. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: we have uh, Stephanie Serrell teach us about the history of jockey silks and what it takes to make an eye catching design. Maggie Pritchard Herlensky joins us to talk about how standard breads are making their way in the parade scene as side saddle mounts. And of course, Leandra from New Vocations brings us another fabulous training tip and tempts you and your need for retail therapy with another Winner Circle Adoptable Horse of the Week. Stay tuned.
1: And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse.
2: This is Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Hills from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Jamie, how are you holding up in quarantine? Oh my gosh, is it over yet?
1: Like I've, I said on horses in the morning, every day is Groundhog Day, and I have a <laughs> six-year-old who's supposed to be almost through with first grade, and man, but I don't. By the way, I don't do math the right way. Just so you know joy. I, I get told that I'm doing it wrong. Are you getting my the same social? result? Yeah, but I'm not getting it correctly. So apparently math has changed since we went to school. Um, so that's fun. And uh, at, least, at least I have the horses on my property and I can ride and I've still been
2: training and still been working. How about you? Overall, things have been pretty good. Although today was fun. I was all dressed up I was actually going to go into the office because I'm doing half days right now. And um, I get a phone call from my barn manager that my senior horse has decided to not get up. She laid down in her stall after breakfast and wouldn't get up to go outside. Immediately, I'm thinking, all right, she's colicking. It's not the first time with her, unfortunately. Spring grass is coming. She tends to overeat and not leave a single crumb and then doesn't drink water she wants to die. That's what I've accepted. <laughs> they all life. do. Oh, so I'm like, all right, good thing the vet just came out. I bought some Banamine. I got this. So I get in the car, go down there. And then as I'm driving, he's like, oh, she got up. She's outside now. It's like, but I still need to check her. Why'd you put her right. out? That's fine. Get out there. She's going ham. Like she's going so hard on the food out there. They have 24 7 access to hay and little hay huts, and she wouldn't even pick her head up for me to put her halter on. She looked at me like I was the inconvenience today, and I'm out there in office clothes trying to make of sure course. she's not going to die. Turns out she has a tiny scrape, and she just oh, doesn't want to go outside because she's got comfortable. Oh. So she free lunch today to burn yeah. off some of those calories. It was exciting. <laughs> she's having a calorie crisis. Oh. Yeah, well- I... This is what it is. My, I just realized I spoil my, my pets and I'm, I'm the problem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the fun with horses is they just always try to die. Or if they're not trying, they're trying to convince you that they are. So, you know, good times, good times.
2: For Uh, sure. But I'm so excited for today's show. I think it's going to be really, really neat with some of the guests that we have. But first let's get a message from our premier sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products
3: she swallowed hard as they walked into the start box she could feel his muscles tense under her leg five four three two one have a great ride she didn't have to ask he galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course his ears pricked her heart pounded he attacked each obstacle with confidence clearing them with room to spare A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability. Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today.
1: Stephanie Searle is the owner and head designer of Classic Silks USA, and they've been in the business of designer and ma- designing and manufacturing racing silks since 1970. And they have created silks for some of the top names out there, including California Chrome. <laughs> so, where did the tradition of racing silks come from? Why is why is that a thing?
4: Well, I guess it's kind of obvious, but. If people are competing, you always have to kind of figure out who's who. And uh, racing back in England is where it all really started. And they did a lot of competitive racing. And uh, they finally, around 1762, I think it was, is when the English Jockey Club actually requested people start, um, owners start having colors for their riders to wear so that they could be identified, so that they could see who's who. And um, it's just kind of taking on a life of its own from there.
1: So basically, when they're, and down the stretch they come, the guy in the brown shirt is beating the guy in the brown shirt with the white horse. And so basically, it was a way to identify who was in the lead. Yeah. And,
4: you know, silks honestly denote ownership. Just like a a football team or a basketball team has jerseys, they're all on the same team. Well, if an owner has a horse, somebody buys a horse, husband, wife, or two guy friends, two girlfriends, or whatever, you have a horse, then you design your silks so everybody knows when those silks are being worn that John and Sue, that's their horse. And uh, trainers have their own colors. And so people will know, Oh, that's so-and-so trainer, you know, that's they like the trainer. So they think, well, well, he's doing a good job with the horse or whatever. It's a real branding and identity thing.
1: I mean, is there anybody else in the world that you see? Let's see. If you think joy of turquoise silks with a pink stripe like sash that goes across them, who do you think of? Uh, it's got to be Zinata. I mean, those are Zinata yeah. silks. I, every time I see okay. them, I'm like, oh, there's Zignata." But it's, of course, you know, uh, the owner's
4: silks that, that are there. Right. So you said a sash, and let me correct you for a moment. That's why I skipped a beat there. That's a hoop. A sash is diagonal. Diagonal? Diagonal. Anyway, it goes top left <laughs> to bottom right. And it's um, like Judmont Farms on Arrogate. That's a diagonal sash. Uh, And then you can have cross sashes. But Zenyatta had a hoop, and that's called a belt or a body hoop. So, yeah, exactly. And most people for these popular horses honestly don't know the owner. They just know those silks belong to that horse. And that's how they identify it. So you're right on that fact for sure. Uh
1: Aha. Okay. So sorry. It's a hoop because it went like under Mike Smith's armpits all the way around him. See, we're learning so much already. So who are some of the, 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 the the most famous silks like that really stand out to you? Really some of your favorites.
4: Well, all of the silks are my favorite because it's kind of like your children. You can't ever have a favorite child, but, um, (laughs) Sure you can. I do think that uh, I've got one and it's not famous at all, but I have this wonderful wind picture because we ship all over the world and I have a wind picture from Qatar and this fellow was so happy with his silk. He sent me a picture and it's absolutely, you know, gorgeous wind picture where the horse is, you know, crossing the finish line. And I love it one, because it's a beautiful horse and actually the silks look terrific as well. But, he's going the opposite direction that we usually go, <laughs> you know? So in Australia and Europe, they race the other way here, you know, we race, um, counterclockwise. Uh-huh. And so that is one, uh, that I really like, but, um, Seabiscuit comes to mind yeah. <clears throat> the, um, H in the inverted triangle. That's kind of a fun, traditional one. And, Honestly, um, one of Bob Baffert, who is a top notch trainer and had both Triple Crowns and whatnot, back in I think it was the 90s, he had um, Cabernet run, and it was one of his first uh, uh, Kentucky Derby um, horses. And they were from Northern California, up in the wine country. And um, those silks were like bumblebee silks, they were, you know, horizontal. Uh, hoops of uh, yellow black yellow black and so i remember those vividly because those were ours and it was it was a pretty neat thing so favorite wise um, i think uh, the historic ones are really fun so you at. you make these silks
1: but the owners tell you what to make so they say i want the sash and i want this and i want this to go across it do you ever <laughs> Do you ever get somebody, that they tell you to do something and you're like, oh,
4: I don't think that's going to look well, good. Well, it's really, um, look, if they don't look good, I don't look good. So I try not, I try to keep that from happening. <laughs> that's
2: so professional. That's the most professional answer I've ever heard.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and the thing with it is, I have a, we have a little saying, but um, whatever we make, we want the jockey proud to wear it because they have to feel proud and they don't want to look like a, a clown out there. Right. or So we want the jockey proud. We definitely want the owners happy. But the other thing is, I think it's our job to make racing look its best. And you see the silks on monitors, on televisions, on phones, on iPads. You see it everywhere. You know, most people are hard-pressed to see it in person. So we always ask a couple of questions. Someone comes in and they want to take their letterhead you know, it's all detailed. So we say, well, um, we can do pretty much whatever you want, but in racing, less is more. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it you're looking for? And most people want to see their horse on the track. And I said, okay, well, if you want that, do you know how far away you are from there? You're going to have to pick it, the sleeve out the full backstretch through this whole herd of horses that are racing. Um, so really, what actually makes a difference, if somebody has this idea, I will take it and percolate it till they get what they, they like what they get. It's very similar and uh, it does the trick. You know, they're happy and it looks good on the track because they have to look good in the wind picture as the horse is standing there. A lot of people want the artwork just on the back that used to be sort of away and I say, well, but. If it's on the back, you don't see it in the wind picture, and certainly if the jockey's interviewed or you have your picture taken with the jockey, you don't see it. Ooh, so, you know, we tend to put it on the front and back. It's so, kind of a long-winded answer, but
1: no, that was great. What's the significance? I, I mean, some people have polka dots, some people have diamonds, some people have stripes. What or is California the significant?
4: Chrome donkey on
1: the back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. that's true.
4: <laughs> so. What? Well, I'll address that in a minute because I know that answer. Um, <laughs> but I usually when someone says, "Well, we don't know what we want." And I said, "Well, surprisingly enough, you do. So why don't you tell me what your favorite color is, or um, and so they'll come up with a couple of different colors. Well, obviously, or if they went to have a favorite sports team or they graduated from a college, I can't tell you how many. University of Southern California colors, how many University of San Francisco colors, how many dolphins, you know, the Miami dolphins, you know, we want that color blue, so, you know, or teal or whatever it is. You come out with that, then I say, and honestly, do you like things more round? Do you like them more pointy, more of a box or a square? People really have uh, specific tastes. And if you can draw it out, because there's no point in talking about something round if they like something pointy. You know, mm. stars are pointy, diamonds are pointy. So we can, I kind of try to extract that if people have patience. You know, if not, I just will go ahead and take what they have. I'll do a little mock-up and, uh, you know, we kind of take it from there.
3: That's fascinating. Now,
4: as for having a donkey, California Chrome first belt. <laughs> There is a very uh, kind of a funny story, and it's the kind of thing that happens all the time at the racetrack that, and you never, everybody dreams of having a horse like California Chrome, but like, you know, how many people win the lottery? Lightning just doesn't strike us. We all just dream. We're all dreamers. So at the racetrack, uh, Steve Coburn and Perry Martin, the owners, original owners of DAP dumbass partners racing. Mm Uh they were shaking hands and they just they bought this horse and the horse was uh really by breeding and everything else was a zilch was not going to do anything but they they it was their horse and they bought it for I don't know it was like twenty four hundred dollars or something was negligible. And so they shook and they said, well if we aren't dumb asses, I don't know who else is. And so then they called themselves the dumb asses and they said, well, let's call it dumbass partners. And he said, well, you know, you can't kind of do that, but we could put DAP. And so that's how that came about. I
1: love it. And then they that's- somehow got you to put a donkey on there. Did you design those silks? Did you well, make those?
4: Uh, yeah. Yeah, we did. And awesome. uh, they had the, the dumb ass <laughs> That was their dumbass looking, or their donkey was their dumbass. and that's um how that uh, came about. And I thought it was very cute, little tucked of hair in the front and all. Uh, but then when they sold the partnership and they went in with someone else uh, and they were really hitting the big time, they uh, wanted to go something that was and honestly, uh, if you have a horse like that, you can do it with you know being kind of horse specific. And so, because it was California Chrome, they chose to go with silver. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Taylor made has some red and <clears throat> excuse me, has some red in their logo. and uh, so that's how we you know I helped them come up with the, the lettering and and the color combination, but they thought they wanted something that was kind of chrome-like, and that's how the silver came about.
1: Well, I, I got to go meet Chrome uh, at the farm and bought a t shirt that is basically a replica of your silk. So, see, I wear, I ah. didn't even know. I didn't even know. Here we are. We're like best friends. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> I that's hope you get paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's oh, great. So, what is you your know, business? You know, that is something. Like, what's your business name? Sorry. Um, it's Classic Silks USA.
4: Classic. And Silks- the website's com
1: do you pretty much do everybody's silks nowadays?
4: Well, you know, everybody that reaches out, you know, it used to be you were at a racetrack and you dealt really locally, but as the internet's come, people reach out and look. Sometimes <clears throat> we do a, an excellent product at a very fair price. And uh, so looking at that, some people just come in and they just shop price. Well, if if you buy something by price, there's not a standard in racing that tells you the silks have to last this long. They have to be this quality fabric. There's no real thing like that. So a lot of times, if you get a good price, you're kind of going to get what you pay for, which is not very good. So kind go of homemade. to you guys. Well, we are pretty much the best. And uh, if we're not, You know, I'm always constantly comparing and shopping and looking and because if there's a better way to make it or a better way to do it, I want to do that. I want to serve our clients. I want to give them the best that they can get. And um, so we're constantly improving if there's something, you know, new or different.
1: All right, Joy, I just had a great idea for merchandising. Let's get some retired racehorse radio silks designed (gasps) and we can start selling them or like we can just wear them.
2: I love it. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's
1: do
4: it. I love it.
1: Thank if you, you ever
4: so re- much. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, if you ever do remote, um, one of the, a couple of things that we do, um, well, we do a variety of things, but we provide a full service and a lot of silks makers don't. For the horsemen, we'll do silks, blinkers, which go on the horse's head. It's kind of corrected vision. Uh we do blankets and saddle towels, paddock bags, paddock boots, wrap around their ankles. Blankets.
1: Oh, my God. Oh my God. I have to.
4: <laughs> and then um, we do embroidery. If somebody comes in and they want caps or the owner, the husband and wife and the kids want jackets, we can do that for them. We can kind of put together the small team sort of thing. But um, what you made me think of was when – you mentioned, you know, getting silks. I was going to say, if you ever do a remote, you can have your own silks on a mannequin by your table where you do the remote. We do ambassador silks. Uh, if you've ever watched TVG or seen them online, um, when they've got these jockeys, Mike Smith, John Valasquez, they're wearing our silks. They contract with us to make silks. And so we've made all the TVG silks. Wang um, Sheen is a French watchmaker. Uh, and they hand out watches, uh, very high-end watches, to the winners and of uh, the big Breeders Cup races. And we've done ambassador silks for them, so uh, we can and we do miniature silks. And we do we do a lot of special requests. We did a wall hanging for the Kentucky Derby Museum people, and they wanted twenty-one years of Kentucky Derby winners. So I took their logos and made 21, you know, kind of quilted squares and put the logos, uh, their emblems, on each one of the squares and then made it that's into awesome. a, a wall hanging. So another thing we do that's really kind of fun, and it, the idea is to get everybody involved, okay, mm-hmm. with more than, say, a, a T-shirt. But a lot of barns have dogs. And so we do mini horse blankets for, like, Jack Russell.
1: Oh, my God. I'm looking hot. at the Could website you right now. Tank. <laughs> I have a Jack Russell and I'm pretty sure he needs some silks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, there's pictures of all like little dachshunds and Jack Russells. I oh, have a basset cool. hound who would proudly wear some uh, some d- d- dap silks. Oh. OK, classic. Well, is where you guys need to go and see these pictures. There's even a gift shop. There's there's just merchandise for our
4: Christmas gifts. <gasps>
1: Oh my God. If you
4: ever have a chance to go to uh, any of the live racing, one of the big fun things they have are the Wiener dog races or the Jack Russell races. And they actually race the dogs like horses in between the horse races. I love and that. it's so fun because the owners wear their little pinnies and we make little. Um, Kenny's for the dogs and strap on and the red is number one. And those, you know, number two is white. Number three is blue and they wear those and then they race and get a little award. It's, it's really kind of fun. I know Santa Anita had uh, bulldog races and we had to make some different, uh, you know, horse yeah. uh, dogs are different shapes, So you have to kind of take that into consideration. Is that uh,
1: the slowest hmm. race in history? <laughs> <laughs>
4: If you want to know, uh, this is a, a, a short but funny story. I took my mom to one of the races in the summer and they had the, the little uh, dachshund races. They started out as the wiener dog, the dachshund races. And um, we were, to keep cool, we were way up in this over-covered thing. And when I looked down and watched the races, these none of these dogs go straight. They go in circles. <laughs> they go sideways. It looked like a bunch of gerbils down there just screwing <laughs> around. <laughs> it was the funniest I darn thing. I love it. I love but they it. Well, have a winner. <laughs> I got
1: my basset hound from a from a horse rescue a Thoroughbred Rescue and they said that she was the representative at the track and she did run the race and she was up at this basset hound and she was up against <laughs> this before I adopted her she was up against three border collies. And they were like, oh, "Oh, she's going to totally lose. I mean, she's a Bassanon against three Border Collies, and she won because the Border Collies went backwards.
4: (laughs) Oh, yeah. They they go in circles. They chase their tail. They're looking for mom. (laughs) They're looking for dad. You know, like... It's very cute, but back to horses, sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. My <laughs> I am a bit.
1: champion Basset hound dog, so she's the one more <laughs> racist than I have. So perfect. Well, Classic Silks USA is where you can go. This has been such a fun conversation. I hope we can check back in with you another time and uh, get, keep updated.
4: All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, wish everybody a lot of racing luck. Thank yes, you.
1: absolutely.
3: Thanks, thank Stephanie. You,
1: Stephanie. It's fly time. Protect your equine friends with Casual Company's full line of chemical-free fly protection. The Casual Company's Crusader Fly Mask has a patented design for maximum comfort and protection from insects and it blocks 70% of UV rays. Available in an array of styles and sizes, Casual Company's Crusader line of fly protection is a chemical free alternative to fly sprays that can contain chemicals. They're expensive and they don't last for long periods of time. The Crusader line by Casual Company can protect your horse from head to toe. Available in fly masks. Fly Sheets, and Fly Boots. For more information on Cashel products, visit one of their Nationwide authorized dealers or visit CashelCompany.com. That's CashelCompany.com and stay connected by following them on Facebook and Instagram.
2: Well, if you listen to Horses in the Morning, you might have heard Maggie Pritchard-Holensky, who is the president of the American Side Saddle Association, come on. But what you might not know about her is she actually uses standard breeds as her main horses for her parade routes and even some shows. So welcome to Retired Race Radio, Maggie. Thank you. Great to be I, on. I'm so excited to have you on because Side Saddle has been on my bucket list and I know nothing about it. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved in Side Saddle.
5: Well, it started a very long time ago, but not so far away.
2: <laughs> um, I
5: was... About fifteen, sixteen, maybe, mm-hmm. and I'd had juvenile arthritis for several years. And you know, we—my mom's a nurse, so you know, we vitamins, goat milk, you know, all that—and it helped, but it still hurt to ride a stride because of the angle of the hip joint. Because most of my problem was my hips and my knees. And mom read an article. I think it was in Western Horseman, um, written by the late great Linda Bowlby. and it said that people with disabilities were finding side saddle more comfortable. So she said, well, would you want to try it? And I'm like, I don't care as long as I can ride. Because <laughs> I was the horse finding girl that I kind would, of attitude. Well, yeah, because I rode anyway. It didn't matter if it hurt. I rode anyway. Um, But I found that if I rode bareback, I could pull my knees up in front of me more.
2: Okay.
5: Um, More like a jockey kind of. And that kept the angle of my hip from being uncomfortable. I, it was more like sitting in a chair than A stride a horse
2: Interesting Not
5: very stable But you know It worked for me as a kid That you know Mm -hmm. Bulletproof Bounces well You know Mm -hmm. Um, And here in southern Ohio Where um, The part that holds the head up May be somewhat um, Crimson
1: Um, Okay so you get some rednecks Up in there Okay gotcha
5: I wasn't (laughs) gonna say that But yeah You know we are Very far south in Ohio Almost Kentucky And West Virginia um, and we have this thing called swap meat. And okay. it's put on by the Southern Ohio Poultry Association. Um, interesting event. It has morphed so far away from a poultry swap. You can get anything there. I have seen tiger cubs there.
1: Oh, my God. Oh,
5: my gosh. Yeah. So finding a side saddle was not that hard to believe. <laughs> and mom and dad found a very old probably 1900 or thereabouts mm-hmm. most likely catalog saddle and we've seen one just almost exactly like it in a reproduction of the Sears and Roebuck catalog so I'm guessing that's probably where it came from it was not a style that is currently being ridden. um it's one that nowadays I recommend you hang it on a wall for looks
2: mm-hmm. Fair um,
5: enough. <laughs> but we wrote it um we took you know it, it was you know, early eighties, mm-hmm. um, dad still had his very seventies, wide white belt mm-hmm. that mom le- wouldn't let him wear in public. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was leather and sturdy. So we used to just strap that saddle on a horse and I rode it.
2: That's oh awesome. God. So I'm guessing you're self-taught then even with side saddle.
5: Yes. Um, That'll back happen. then there were a few books, On side saddle, almost all of them had been written in the late 1800s, early 1900s in England. So they didn't exactly cover this style of saddle. Mm -hmm. They didn't cover my style of riding, which was either Western on one horse or um, saddle seat on my Tennessee walker.
2: I was gonna say so, which yeah. type of horse you started with for side saddle because I, I don't even know what confirmation or temperament you would look for for a horse to do side saddle, or if that even matters. You want a horse that doesn't
5: rear. Okay.
2: That's because fair.
5: <laughs> a proper modern side saddle is so secure that if a horse should go over backwards with you, you can't get off fast enough. You are okay, so, so wedged for that. Good to know. <laughs> Yeah. So anything that doesn't rare is fine. Um, I rode out some pretty impressive bucks this morning on my one standard bread that I didn't think Mm -hmm. bucked. So we have some work to do there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I started on a Tennessee Walker and a Morgan.
2: Okay. So do gated horses work best or does it matter too much?
5: Doesn't matter. The fox hunters wouldn't dream of riding a gated horse. Um, our gated horse riders wouldn't dream of riding a fox hunter. So, you know, and now, then there's I, me who,
1: I four found feet in the list. tail, let me on. <laughs> I found a list from 1838. We talked about this on horses in the morning and I wanted to see how many of these things are applicable to riding <laughs> side saddle nowadays. Okay. Uh, number yeah. I've one. That list. Yeah. Number one, do not ride the wrong colored horse. They say your horse should be bay. Basically a rich colored bay with little to no white. Is that what you look for? Um, It just, it kind of naturally happens in the standard bread world. Okay. See, check, go. check the box. Um, it says be I think there's, easy. Six of, there's six of them out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, do not be slovenly in the saddle. It is, it says nothing can be more detrimental to the grace of a lady's appearance on horseback than a bad position. It's a sight that would spoil the finest landscape in the world. Is that true? Not so much for the aesthetics, but for the horse's back. See, it's applicable. Okay, this is, again, a list from 1838. Eight things a lady equestrian simply should not do. Do not let your hair embarrass you. Do not be caught dead wearing a bonnet.
5: (laughs) Well, no one wears bonnets these days, although I suppose the (laughs) bonnet of yesteryear would equate to the ball cap of today.
1: Probably, but only common folk wore bonnets. I mean, my God, wear a helmet. How about that? We'll say that. There we go. Um, There we go. It is ungraceful to beat your horse. We'll leave that where it is because that's obviously true. Um, Now, this one, Mm -hmm. when you started talking about side saddle, Joy, I don't know if you heard this list, but I felt like this one was awesome. Uh, Number five says, always ride with a man to shield you if your petticoats start to show. I mean, are your petticoats showing when Mm. you're riding side saddle?
5: Well, back then, they did wear petticoats, but... Nowadays we wear an apron over our breeches and the really? apron looks like a, the apron looks like a skirt, but it really isn't. It's kind of a wraparound, but it's made to tuck in not, tidily around you so that, that you're that actually just so not you don't sitting on, wine on your is, is
1: is you don't spill wine on your breeches? What? It's like, that's <laughs> a, a that's what that is.
5: <laughs> it's, a, it's a safety feature. Um, it's easier to get on and off without having the, yards of fabric that it takes to make a proper riding skirt. Um, my apron lays over the horse's neck until I'm on and settled. And then it just Velcro's around my waist.
1: And wow. It in. So it's like one of those, yeah. like, like if you were a stripper and you were like Velcro clothes, you're like, <laughs> pull it off. Yeah, there you exactly.
5: are. <laughs> okay. Well, everything I wear is Velcro Fabulous. because I'm going to catch it on something and oh, the buttons really. will go flying. So I just sew the buttons on the outside and Velcro underneath.
1: And um, ahead. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's nice. See, we're learning so much by this list from 1838. Yeah. And then finally, the last one I'll bring up is no lady of taste ever gallops on the road. No lady with sense ever gallops on the road.
4: Not on pavement.
2: Who has sense anymore? Right, I like it. Okay, so
1: now we know that your Velcro and your clothes pull off when you get caught on, uh, you know, a a briar, and you don't Mm -hmm. need a man to block your petticoats. That you'll let that bra strap hang out. Who cares? (laughs) Right. Um. But
5: now, traditionally, a gentleman rides on the right of the lady because her legs are to the left, Mm -hmm. and it's just you know, if you have ridden next to somebody, your stirrups bang on each other and stuff. A gentleman rides on the right.
1: Yes, unless you have to shield her petticoats from onlooking men. Yes. (laughs) Um, Amazing. My pants
5: always match my apron because sometimes the edge of your apron starts to work its way up. And if you're wearing buff
1: colored breeches. (gasps) That's horror. People would think that you're showing leg. Uh Uh-huh. Or worse, because my apron
5: (laughs) always wants to ride up in the back.
1: Oh, there oh, goes our bum! No. Yep. There goes our bum. <laughs> so, so real quick before we run out of time, tell us why standard breads work.
5: Yeah. Oh, so many reasons. They have such a good brain. Every horse standing in our field came to us either straight off the track or straight from a kill pen, mm-hmm. got a saddle thrown on them and ridden around the field to see what they knew, and every one of them did just fine. Um, most of ours, their second or third ride under side saddle was in a parade. They're just that easy going. You'll see the head start to come up. Like, I think I need to be concerned about this. But then they look at everybody else going, yeah, this is what we're doing today. And they go, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And away we go. You know, they do so well. Um, the second really great reason for side saddle is most of our side saddles were built a hundred years ago and horses were narrow, were built back then. And standard breads tend to be, Built more like that old style thoroughbred. No matter how tall they are, they tend to be kind of narrow across the chest and narrow through the rib cage. And those old saddles just sit right down on them like it was made for them.
1: That's
3: awesome.
5: Cool. So
1: you don't have so, to buy a bunch of different saddles for every horse like we do. Smart. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. And if you do
2: three day eventing, one saddle, all three phases. Genius.
1: That's true. It's a money That's saver. True.
2: So you have yep. a standard bread right now. You've rode across the country with. This horse, it's Cafe Bar. Tell us a little bit about Mm -hmm. this amazing horse you have.
1: Um,
5: She's kind of a butthead at times. She is a mare. Um, (laughs) She came from Starting Gate Standard Bread Transition Program um, out of Greenville, near Greenville, Ohio, Arcanum. Awesome program. Horses are usually donated directly off the track to the program and they get like 30 days under saddle and sent on to a new home. Cafe was an exception. She came from a herd of horses um, from a neglect case in Florida. And the sheriff got involved. The trotting association got involved. And starting gates offered to take the whole herd. And I helped um, transport them from Florida because I have a big trailer. Mm -hmm. And Cafe was on my trailer. And they were all drastically thin. And I had to. I stopped like every hour and a half, two hours on this on the entire trip home, just to let her rest. Because the other three on the trailer were younger, and she just. I was like, "Well, please, dear God, let me get this horse back to Ohio alive." Um, and it took me 23 hours. Oh my gosh! To make it from northern Florida, I mean, I was maybe 30 minutes from the state line from northern Florida to Southern Ohio. Yeah, it was a rough trip. Uh, but I, it's I, always
2: like the the horses that take the most work to get them to where they are today are the ones who yeah. are worth it. They're the ones who stand out. Where can people find more about you, Maggie, and the American Side Saddle Association?
5: You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Or you can just direct message me on Facebook, Maggie Pritchard Herlinski.
2: Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Maggie. We've loved having you and um, I'll probably be messaging of where I can find local side saddle lessons near me.
1: (laughs)
5: Thank you so much again. We are a a nationwide organization.
2: We probably have an instructor near you. Perfect. Thank you so much. Bait saddles offer highly specialized saddles for every discipline engineered to bring out the best in you and your horse. Underneath the finest European leather, you will feel the power of innovation For you, the rider, enjoy instantaneous comfort, optimal balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. For your horse, the Care Cushion System and Easy Change Fit Solution ensure their absolute comfort and your peace of mind. Revolutionize your riding experience and fulfill your true potential by riding in a bait saddle. Visit baitsaddles.com to find out more. That's baitsaddles.com. As always, we like to welcome Leandra from New Vocations to the show.
1: Hello, Leandra.
0: Hello. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for joining us. We are going to talk about pure quill in just a second. But as you know, we like to just pick your brain on coming uh, horses coming right off the track since you see them daily. And um, th- today, last time we talked, we talked a little bit about feeding and care. What I want to talk about today, and by the way, you guys, I give Leandra no heads up on what I'm going to ask her, just so you know. But what I want to ask you about is, what are those first... The first ride or two, what do those look like? What are your expectations for the horse on the first couple rides coming off the track?
0: Low, low expectations. (laughs) (laughs) You learn a lot about a horse from the first couple rides, but you also can judge them too quickly by them. There are, we've seen every end of the spectrum. So there are horses who, their first rides, they just tackle it hands down. They did great, and then you can get into dif- you know, further sequential rides, and the little things can come out. So you, you know, maybe if you categorize them too quickly as this like perfect horse, then little things come up. You're like, oh, yeah, I knew you had something. But on the other end of the spectrum, you have horses who are a little more anxious in their first rides. And then they can come around really quickly. It just, it's the whole spectrum. um, It tells you a lot about a horse, but what I meant by that was not as far as how they will be in the long run. I mean, it will tell you a lot if you are kind of opening your mind to the bigger picture of how they handle new situations. So every horse who's been at the track obviously is saddle broke, so you kind of have already checked that box and you know they've had a saddle and a person on them before, so you can at least go into it knowing that. So if you're going into your first ride, hopefully you've already done some groundwork and kind of get to know the horse a little bit. And generally from the way they are on the ground, you usually can get kind of a sense for the ones who are going to be, hopefully, a little simpler, but you can never, you know, take it for granted and be lax about it, I would say. You should always be prepared for the worst and hope for the best.
1: So Mm -hmm.
0: go into it with that mindset, set your expectations really low. You shouldn't really have an agenda because the horse will kind of tell you how they're feeling. Like if you're going into it saying, we're going to tackle these things, you know, X, Y, Z on the first ride, then chances are your plans are going to change. And if you're disappointed because you didn't check all those boxes then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure where the first ride should really be about laying down that foundation for success in the future where even things like the mounting block they don't usually have a mounting block to for the you know the jockeys get a leg up and then they're off from that so even things like the mounting block just take your time set your expectations low um like i'll kind of stomp while i'm at each step and kind of see what the threshold is, but you're really, your job is to observe and listen in the way that you can with their body language and the way that they're reacting. And you're trying to make that a positive experience or the best possible version of it that you can. That's your job as the rider in this, because you can also set the tone for future rides, even if you have, a ride that isn't didn't go as you planned, then you are just looking for the, the low hanging fruit and the, the, the easy wins and looking to create that positive tone and then you can build on that. You don't wanna build Rome in one day. It's not possible.
1: <laughs> well, so, I think, it, I think Monty Roberts has a quote that he says, like, have a plan, don't fall in love with it. And that's kind of sounds like what you're talking about. Like you can have a plan, yeah. but you may change it. Yeah. And, and just keep it simple. You know, if a horse is doing really well,
0: don't push it. Just, I try to like, if it's, if it's going. Kind of well, maybe we'll do, like just plan on doing mostly walk, maybe a little bit of trot, but don't push it. If they're having a good ride, end on a good note. You know, make it 15, 20 minutes and end so that they said, you know, hey, that wasn't so bad. Then, you know, next time you get on them, that's the tone that you've set. That's their expectation of it. So you need to paint the picture that you want them to anticipate. So even if they get nervous, if you can stay level-headed, if you can calm them back down, if you can make them feel safe, then you will gain their respect and you will be able to build on that in the future. But if you get into a bad cycle and have a really, if you can't um, create that tone, then you need to find a way to, to just create a low hanging fruit. So say that they're having a meltdown about something, but you can just go in little circles and then you can get to the point where you can just walk a circle and they're relaxed and they're not digging or they're not excited or they haven't reared or something like if you're, if you, if you have that initial plan and it's all gone out the window and they're, you know, being the worst that you could imagine, then just set a little tiny goal mm-hmm. that is achievable. So something as simple as a circle. I just want you to do one simple circle at the walk without threatening to rear or without whatever. Then as soon as you get that, give them a big pat, get off, and chances are they'll take a big deep breath too because they're stressed. So you want to, even in the worst-case scenario, create a really simple
1: task that's achievable that you can reward them from and then be done with it. Baby steps, exactly. Thanks, Leandra. Well, what we're going to talk about, and this makes me so happy, because the horse's name is Pure Quill, and as the owner of a horse named Baby Groot and Drax, I love his barn name, which is Star-Lord, which is, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy references for those that are not super Avengers nerds like me. Um, So tell us about Star-Lord. Yes, I jumped right
0: on the opportunity to name this horse Starlord, and I actually insist that he is called that in the barn <laughs> <laughs> by my staff. I correct them if they they try to call him something else. His name's Starlord, but I, which is, a, I mean, it's a, it's a joke. I, I won't force anybody to call him that, but it it's if you, him you adopt so well. him,
1: Leandra will hunt you down uh, if you change his barn name. Basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just harass you on social media every time. <laughs> um <laughs> well, tell us about him he's a really pretty a 16 hand bay gelding and um his adoption fee is exorbitant oh my god it's so wait no it's only 500 bucks what well, tell us I, about I it
0: actually i love that his adoption fee is just five dollars more than his total earnings were i think it's so appropriate <laughs> right <laughs> just buying him for his value right there That's, but honestly, he—he, he, this is a horse who, in terms of value, like you could never place an actual price on this horse because I have used him in every sort of social media thing that we've had to do. If we have to like grab a horse for a picture right away, then I grab this horse he's my go-to for being the reliable, good citizen who will stand there, who will be patient with pictures, who will be... Uh, level-headed in videos, you just you couldn't ask for a better mental disposition, especially for a three-year-old. So I think that if you're looking for those qualities in a young sport horse prospect, then he's got all of them. He has that brain. He's a no stall vices, really good boy in turnout. Likes to make friends. Is just well-behaved. And then it just gets better under saddle. He has this really lovely fluid gait. He has these giant ground covering steps. And even one of my riders, when she was watching him canter for the first time, I was riding him around and she just said, well, geez, you could just imagine him cantering right up to a three foot oxer right there. Just he has that star quality gait, which again is why his name is so immaculately
1: (laughs) yeah he's got a really nice uphill canner and like you said ground covering stride where can people go to find out more about pure quill peter quill or star lord where can they go they
0: can go to our website horseadoption.com and if you click on the horses tab you will see his name pure quill That's where his profile is, and you can see all his information. I didn't even cover all the other amazing things about him, like his star bloodlines and all the things that go into what makes this horse incredible, but you can find it on his profile on our website, horseadoption.com.
1: You can't foster fail this one. You already got one. You don't get to keep this one. (laughs) Well, Leandra, as always, thank you so much. Horseadoption.com, new vocations. We appreciate everything y'all do. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. We're on Twitter at Horse Radio. And I have a Facebook page, Flyover Farms, Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor. And you can also email me at jamie
2: at com. Uh, you can email me at joy at com or find me on Instagram at joyh equestrian. Thank you so much to our amazing sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, Cashel Products, and Bait Saddles. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spay, neuter, and geld. Bye, guys.